You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be back with you. Hope you're uh, doing well this uh, wonderful Wednesday. What is it? July 12th, 2023. Uh, thank you for tuning in once again. We've uh, been a, a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, we put up a Western Warrior here just uh, earlier today. It was almost finished uh, last night, but we just got that up on the website, so check that out. Good stuff. We'll cover some of the NATO stuff. I've been uh, following the kind of the Turkey... Uh, Sweden drama and of course now there's other countries been dragged into this including the the Russia-Ukraine conflict obviously because this is about the NATO membership right but man it was a weird uh, turn of events with Turkey and Erdogan there who all of a sudden did a just a about turn a heel turn essentially almost on uh, the question of Sweden and the NATO membership and then on top of that they release uh, some of the Azov commanders back to Ukraine, which are now expected to go, uh, you know, fight in the conflict, basically turning their back on Russia. Very bizarre. And this is like, you know, they had agreements and all that stuff. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, very, very important paperwork on this. But uh, Erdogan and Turkey just said, ah, fuck that. Uh, maybe someone pressured them. And now <laughs> Biden is like, we're going to sell them F-16s. Uh, everything is good, right? Uh, somebody uh, obviously got to them here. Anyway, uh, some of the stuff we covered in the latest uh, show there. So definitely check that out because it's uh, it's important. Uh, I do have actually a little bit of a follow-up to that. Just a, a touch on it briefly in terms of Erdogan and... and uh, some bizarre uh, flip-flopping. It's like you can't get a straight answer out of Turkey and uh, Erdogan. And, and they say one thing one second, and then they turn around and do something different. Anyway, we, I'll get to it later. There's some other stuff we got to talk about today, too, obviously. Uh, as you can see in the thumbnail for the show here today, uh, more BBC pedophiles. Who could have thunk it, hey? Uh, bizarre. Who could? After everything that happened with... Jimmy Savile and the cover-up. How in the world could we have known that more of this would uh, would come out, right? So we'll talk about this, uh, and it is it is uh, frankly uh, disgusting to see how many of the BBC people kind of whoa 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 slow down now. Let's not uh, you know jump to conclusions and stuff like that. Uh, meanwhile, of course, if there's somebody they uh, they don't like, these media organizations always jump to conclusions. Uh, but it's only when it's one of their own they need to protect uh, that they can say that there needs to be some kind of, you know, standard in journalism. And whoa, whoa, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty and these kinds of things. Uh, so anyway, it's concerning Hugh Edwards, which is uh, one of the big shot uh, kind of news presenters there at at BBC's, we'll talk about that. Uh, we do have, in about a month time, a little bit more, about four, four to f uh, five weeks here, uh, the EU, EU is going to uh, clamp down further. Yes, I know this is not, uh, it's not that this is new, but it's a new step in that direction to uh, censor primarily the, uh, the internet, of course. They're going after certain websites, uh, try to basically, uh, as, they, as the argument is, we're going to keep you safe. Right, so it says, we're going to keep you safe, so we're going to force these, uh, what was it, 19 or 20 or so major uh, internet uh, platforms, websites, to adhere to these new EU law, the new EU law, these standards, the, the Digital Services Act. We'll talk about that. I think it's DSA, that's what it stands for. Uh, and uh, the guy in the center of the picture here, uh, Thierry, what's his name? I forget his name. Uh, complete douchebag, uh, by the way. Uh, and they have some interesting punishments for those websites who will not bow down and comply uh, in their effort to uh, clamp down on what they define as hate speech and disinformation. And it's uh, it's it's more of the same in a way, uh, but it definitely gives them more legal powers uh, to limit uh, information flow, especially then within the EU. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And I do want to <laughs> I do want to talk about Tuberville here, right? What is it in Alabama? Is he senator? I forget, congressman. I can't keep track of these things. Um, Tuberville, 
back in the news again. Like, didn't we just do this with this guy? Uh, and the, the more you watch him, you realize he's he's just uh, he's just kind of dumb. You know, first I thought it, it's kind of funny to see this dragged out, and it's kind of uh, it, it's it's a little bit fun to see that the topic kind of rising to the surface because because there's a little bit of an opportunity to kind of try to set the record straight when these kinds of topics kind of trends or they're back in the news media and stuff so at least people who are interested in uh, honestly knowing and finding out there is a small window there a chance to kind of reach those people and things like this so i think it's generally good right uh, but it's almost maybe it's more of a distraction i don't know it felt like we just did this uh, but anyway this guy he doesn't know uh, what white nationalism is, uh, but that's that, that that was kind of the, the term that he used or, or was raised to him on a CNN interview. Uh, and then, of course, everybody who attacks him because he doesn't thoroughly kind of uh, put this down. Uh, he basically says, well, well, he basically thinks this is an American nationalist. Somebody who's an American, that, that's a white nationalist, you know. And it's kind, of a, it's kind of bizarre for a guy to say that, but, but whatever, be that as it may. Everybody who's attacking him uh, immediately starts talking about white supremacy. You know, <laughs> and it says intentional uh, conflation of the terms or, or conflating the terms so that you will not kind of understand what is what. Like, why do you have why do you have two different terms if you're talking about exactly the same thing? Uh, so it's not that. But anyway, uh, we'll touch a, a little bit on that. We have some other stuff as well. We'll see what we can uh, get to here today. Uh, but man, it is if you're out. Um, for just a week or so, you know, kind of out of circulation as we uh, as we were, um, man, it just it, it unfolds at a lightning speed in terms of the crazy shit uh, that you what, that you want to cover, and some of it is very important too. I mean, some, it's not just you know uh, because it's you know funny or you know haha, let's laugh at the the woke idiots or whatever. It's obviously more than that too. But uh, man, it's at, it's at rapid speed. We're seeing the the decay and the fall, and and I think nothing you know kind of explains that more than the uh, BBC story here that we'll talk in a little about as well. Uh, talk in a little bit about. Uh, but I wanted to uh, I want to show this first. Here's some uh, here's some good news, right? We're going to talk about pedos. Now here's some good news regarding Larry Nazar. You guys remember this? He's the U.S. gymnastics. Uh, team doctor. I think I said he was the head of the gymnastics team before, which is which is wrong. Uh, he's he's the doctor there. But anyway, long story short, uh, uh, he ended up uh, sexually molesting a lot of the girls and and uh, uh, so forth that was at, on this U.S. gymnastics team. It was finally caught, but it was a big debacle because the FBI got involved uh, and they basically didn't do their job. Big surprise. Uh, they didn't uh, investigate him properly. They are accused of covering up by a lot of the girls who were sexually abused by this uh, pedophile, um, you know, demon. Uh, and uh, they, in fact, went to go uh, looking for a job with Larry Nassar. And they're like, hey, can we, um, really, are you diddling kids here? Is this true, uh, uh, Larry? Can we, uh, can we come work for you? <laughs> that was basically one of, the, one of the things the FBI did. So they're doing uh, fantastic work as usual. Uh, but anyway... Turns out, uh, somebody who could it be uh, has stabbed him now in a federal prison because he he was in prison and was convicted of this. Uh, I forget was it 132 years? I think they say it at the end of the clip here. Uh, but someone ended up stabbing uh, poor old Larry Nazar. I remember there was very dramatic footage from the courtroom where one of the fathers of the girls who had been sexually abused by this creep, uh, by this pedophile. Try to lunge at him and basically, you know, beat the shit out of him, which is like, 
100% understandably uh, uh, understandable and, and human, right, of wanting to do. This is, it should almost be that one of these guys, uh, they should be allowed to um, spend a few minutes in a cage with this guy just to, to set the record straight and, and get, their, uh, <clears throat> get their justice, essentially, right? Uh, but anyway, so uh, poor old Larry Nazar in, uh, uh, in a bad state, apparently. We're following breaking news. Former doctor and convicted sexual predator Larry Nasser has been stabbed several times in federal prison. It apparently happened during an altercation overnight. Now, we don't know the extent of his injuries at this time. Nasser was convicted of state and federal charges for sexually assaulting members of the USA gymnastics team. He's serving his sentences, which total hundreds of years, at a prison in Florida. Hundreds of years, yeah. So they didn't even say exactly how many years, but uh, oh well, <clears throat> big, uh, big, uh, <laughs> big, sad for that guy. Uh, definitely not. Uh, this this tends to happen. Apparently, there's some people that um, uh, cannot stand some of these pedophiles uh, that are in these prisons. They themselves might be have done you know horrendous crimes, but it shows you that even even they right knows uh, really what what the what the worst crime is. It, it's to go after kids in the way that he did, of course. Uh, but hey, look, there should be people from the FBI involved in that too. They should be roped into that. Why didn't you investigate? Why didn't you uh, do your job? Why didn't you catch this guy sooner? They had apparently warned uh, about him for a long time and nothing was done. Uh, classic, right? Uh, here's a, a quick little other um, thing I came across right before we came on here. Another another pedophile. It, it's funny because it's always the same with these LGBTQers, right? And uh, groomers, pedophiles, call them what you want. Either it's like they want to, either they want to diddle kids, uh, or as in this case, they want to kill, uh, kill babies. And in some cases, it's uh, actually both, but maybe not even in that order, right? They, 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 this is how sick they are. Look, obviously, this is like a kind of an attention seeker, as you'll see when we play the clip. But um, let me let me play it first. A male trans activist fantasizes about getting a uterus transplant so he can get pregnant and get an abortion. An abortion. Uh, check this out. The first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant, ovaries and eggs included. And I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. I will let a doctor who has successfully transplanted a uterine complex before cut the organs out of a willing, healthy, transmasculine donor, place them in my body i will devote myself in your body my body <clears throat> hey check out the uh eye in the pyramid there too sure it's got nothing to do with anything right there place them in my body what is he saying in my body <laughs> in my body i will devote myself heart and soul to their aftercare i will have as much gay sex as it takes with as many trans women as it takes and let the transphobes and homophobes scratch their heads wondering what to make of it and i want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion all right so obviously the you know libs of tiktok here they 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 took the bait right this is <clears throat> obviously a mentally ill uh, attention seeker and uh, exhibitionist a uh, someone who's got a rabbit in the faces of you know conservatives and stuff like that and you know be that as it may 
uh, mental illness is, is, is what it is. These people are obviously deranged, delusional, uh, uh, creeps, demons, or call them what you want. Uh, they have, there's big problems uh, going on with these, uh, these people. But, and, and sure, I mean, they should be locked in some padded room somewhere at the very least. However, it, the, the problem is, they're part of the problem, but the bigger, even bigger problem is that not only is society taking many of these people seriously, the problem is that there's a whole infrastructure in place to try to manifest these people's deranged delusions uh, and their desires uh, to kill uh, to kill babies uh, in this kind of capacity. Right? Think about the whole chain of events here of like, well, why do you need a uterus? What do you? What, what is it for? And all these things, and the money and the research involved. And there's some crazy doctor now in India apparently that's seeking to do this. They're seeking to actually transplant you. I don't think it's going to work, but who knows? Maybe some Frankensteinian experiment at some point will work, and they find just the right combination of some. You know, uh, enough weird hormones that they can pump in, and, and enough, uh, <laughs> who knows, just artificially uh, just supplying the uterus with the blood packs outside of the body that holds, who, who, who knows, right? Uh, I mean, for, and furthermore, the, the male body doesn't have any room for this. There's all these things. It's just not going to work. But anyway, they'll, they'll keep trying. Uh, and if they, uh, but the point is, society is, is seeking to have this achieved. And they will do it for them. It will cost all the money, all the effort to get all this done so that they can fulfill these people's deranged, mentally ill fantasies, right? As we saw with the uh, those who are uh, nursing the little babies now, these males who, who think they're producing something, uh, some kind of excretion out of their nipples. Uh, they're calling it milk, which, of course, it's not some, some tranny excretion uh, with like tons of medications and things like that, too. Um, they're fulfilling their sexual fantasies about this. Remember, they have the nipple clamps and all these disgusting things. Many of these people—they're deranged. Uh, there should be, you know, there should be no discussion of having these people, uh, you know, f- fulfilling their desires. You know what I mean? But there is a whole establishment down there. Say, yep, this per—it's this person's human rights. And if we, and if you don't allow that, you're violating their human rights. It's their human right to uh, to transplant a. Uh, uterus from a healthy woman, uh, put it in their body, uh, and then they can go on and try to become pregnant. And if they, beyond all, you know, beyond all odds, become pregnant, then they should be able to abort it because that's a human right. So it's always about killing kids or killing babies, uh, or it's about uh, you know diddling the kids, having access to the kids. That's how insane it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously this is an attention seeker. But if they could do it, if if this was doable today. They probably would, to be honest. They probably would do it as well. Uh, it's it's time to get these people uh, locked into uh, locked into some padded uh, padded cells. Just get get them away from society. Maybe maybe they need to be aborted. How about that? Maybe we can abort them. Maybe that's the the way to go about this. All right. Anyway, with uh, with that little silliness, uh, disturbing and sick silliness nonetheless. But with that silliness out of the way. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, the BBC presenter here. This is a, a big, uh, incredibly, uh, yet again, I mean, just like a gut-wrenching topic because it just never goes away uh, with these pedophiles in positions of power, media, uh, influence, wealth, what have you. 
and the BBC have been in, involved in this for, for decades now. It never has gone away from the Jimmy Savile days and probably before that too. I'll play a trailer in a little bit of one of the documentaries that, that's out regarding the Jimmy, Jimmy Savile uh, uh, kind of story and saga. Uh, just to remind you guys, if you haven't, uh, if you're not, you know, fresh on some of those details, uh, just to recap on that a little bit. Uh, but um, veteran Hugh Edwards. Is the mystery BBC presenter accused of paying underage teen for sexually explicit pictured pictures? He was named by his wife, who says he's in hospital treating serious mental health issues. <clears throat> Maybe he should have gone to the hospital uh, before he started asking for sexually explicit pictures of underage teens. And I believe, by the way, uh, it's rumored to be a a boy. Not that this makes you know worse or whatever in a way, but they're underage. It is what it is. But I'm saying. Uh, it, it's most likely a boy. I'm not sure the uh, <coughs> Gateway Pundit have a, a problem with that, to be honest. But oh well, be that as it may. Um, so this has been kind of unfolding for a few days, um, or maybe more, maybe about a week now in in the British media, the UK media, um, that it had come out, come out that the, the, you know they were uh, investigating somebody at BBC. There was this m mystery uh, BBC presenter. Nobody knew who it was. Some people had guessed it correctly. Some people had not. Whatever. Uh, but it turned out to be this this guy who is like a, a high paid one of the kind of the top of the line news presenters that they have at, at the BBC. Uh, Edwards it says here is one of the most senior on air figures of the corporation and was the anchor chosen to break news of Queen Elizabeth the II's death to the world last September. He is the fourth highest paid figure at the BBC. And again, it's always the same, right? Uh, here's uh, here's a little. Rundown for your top 10 paid BBC presenters. Now, keep in mind, too, BBC, of course, is uh, state-funded television. Now, there's a lot of countries now that have a, you know, a, a state that funds the media to a certain extent or another. Uh, but this is, you know, ma the mandatory TV license fees and things like that. We have the same in Sweden. And uh, he's at uh, number four there, as you can see. He was paid almost 500,000 uh, uh, pounds. That's got to be, obviously, that's per year, yes. Uh, check out Gary Lineker, though, which is a total shitlib. He's like some ex-footballer or something, 1.3, almost 1.4 uh, million pounds. Holy shit. Uh, these people are getting way too much money. And, of course, it's always interesting that here we go again. Uh, here's another uh, pervert, right, who's uh, actually uh, being caught red-handed. Uh, so his wife, this is interesting, too, Vicky Flind. Uh, made a statement on behalf of her husband uh, and this disgraced uh, BBC presenter. And she frankly seems more concerned, not about the victims and stuff. Uh, and even they have like, I think they have four or five kids together. And and she seems more concerned about his mental health and, and like kind of their family than with the victims or something like that, right? Uh, so she did make a statement. Uh, and I do want to play, let, let's do this. Let's play... Um, a little bit from this BBC piece. They were talking about this. And, and just look at the language here. We'll just play a few minutes so you can kind of get a, a, an idea of how they're kind of tiptoeing around this. And, well, he was such a great guy. And, uh, you know, this is very difficult for us and things like this, right? Uh, now, keep in mind, all details are not out about this yet. And I'm sure there will be more as we go on. Uh, but it looks like there's a number. And there's been some contradictions, like some... Um, attorneys representing some of these kids really now they're adults but 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 by the time that this started they were underage right when when he started this stuff uh, they were underage 
uh, he paid and even sold, I think, these these uh, sexually explicit uh, images of these underage kids. Uh, and I think it was uh, primarily boys, by the way. Uh, that might be turned out to, to be girls added onto that later on, too. Uh, but he paid them for that. And they're like, well, we, you know, the, one of the attorneys have said that the... Um, uh, the, the, the child now says this is not true and stuff. There's all this kind of weird back and forth. Uh, but it seems to be the fact that if, if this guy goes to check himself into a hospital because his mental state is so bad, obviously he's not, this is not just because he's, oh, he was falsely accused and now he can't, uh, you know, he can't deal with the, all the pressure and the press on the situation. Uh, anyway, listen to a little bit uh, here about this. But there is reporting today within the BBC that he had made contact with three other employees here Two of them have since left the, co the corporation and there is an allegation from at least one that inappropriate and suggestive messages were sent. My colleague David Silito is with me. Um, there was pressure mounting, David, for him to come out and make a, a statement and now we understand why that statement wasn't forthcoming. We'll come to the allegations in a second. I, I don't want to put those second, but I, I just want to talk about him. But they, but they do put them second, though. That's why he says that. They do put them second. Listen now to the, uh, I don't know, what do we call it? The Brits call it molly coddling here, the, the whole situation. Because it will come as a huge shock, I think, this, to his friends and his colleagues in the newsroom, and I think you and I would count him as one, and also to millions of people around the world who are so familiar with the face of Hugh Edwards? Um, I was looking back um, when he presented the BBC's election coverage in 2019. Uh, it was the first change of presenter on that job for 40 years. Um, he occupies a unique role and um, there's usually only one of them in the BBC, and these are the people who are the faces of the great moments, the elections, um, the state occasions, royal events. Um, the number of people over the last 70 years who've held that position, really, in the BBC, you can probably count on one hand, and uh, two of those names are Dimblebees. Um, and so for his name, to be the one Dimblebees? that's revealed. I, I, I mean, is, what's, what's, is that a family? What is that? <laughs> or is that something else? I mean, Brits in chat, let me know what Dimblebees are. But uh, anyway, you see, how, what, you see what they're doing here a little bit? Um, oh, so they, they, this is a huge problem for the BBC, right? They're seeing, we, you know, these are, they, it's about trust. And we're putting these people out there so they can, you know, tell the people, inform the people. This is like your family member. I remember from a U.S. context, they talk about some of these other, you know, classic uh, uh, news presenters. Then, like, they've been with people for decades. It's like you tune into this guy. He's like your father figure that you're watching. And he tells you, you know, the, the truth, obviously, about every subject. And you believe him because he's not, you know, you invite him in, into your home. He's right there on the screen when you're eating your dinner or, you know, before you go to bed or whatever. And they grow up with these people. Uh, and so, of course, it's, it's, they choose perverts and pedophiles uh, and people who I think something about he, he offered uh, uh, c uh, cocaine as well, I think, or something like that to the, the people, the kids. Sorry, the kids, I should say, not people. Uh, the kids that he uh, solicited for uh, images and things like this. It was reported that one in six of the British population had guessed, knew the name. They'd gone on various bits of social media and thought, oh, it's him or know enough. 
still means five out of six didn't. Um, and an utter shock because the public face is the face, I mean, this is a man for whom, you know, it was all about respect, trust, and above all, dignity. Yes. That is what he brought to those moments. If you are that's, present- That's what the BBC are known for. My mighty high uh, opinion you have of yourself there, uh, Mr. Newsman. The 10 o'clock news, the flagship news of the BBC for 20 years. You Pedos. are there Pedophiles. because you are utterly reliable, utterly trustworthy, and somebody that the BBC hopes the audience trusts and respects. <laughs> um, and, you know, you go back to the 90s. Man, it's great when they, they fucking deserve this uh, 100%. This 30 years all of them. been a part of people's daily life. Not the kids, so, but uh, these news channels and the people on these channels do. And the statement today. And really, for anyone who knew him, and, you know, we both knew him. Um, you can only feel a sadness that this has happened. You can only feel enormous sadness for his wife and his children. Um, how has it reached this stage? For the victims? Um, and no. whatever he's done for a person. No, nothing for the victims? In, All right then. In hospital, being treated. He has a long history of depression. Um, and his wife's saying he will be there for the foreseeable future. But of course, there are many questions to answer. Well, sadness, absolutely so, because as I say, he's, and he remains a friend and a colleague, but also concern My for those people who have come colleague. forward who didn't feel able to come forward for some reason until the last week. What have we learned today about former employees within the BBC who have made allegations? Um, there have been one story after another. I mean, it began with a story about um, allegations of sexually explicit photos, uh, a young person um, who was said to have been paid £35,000. Now, the statement from the police says that they have spoken to the young person and their family and they say there is no information um, that they can see at the moment to suggest a criminal offence has taken place. But it doesn't but they were underage when this started. That's come out too. Look at this. I'm sure they'll cover this up just like they did with Jimmy. I mean, they can't at this point, but I'm saying they will, oh, no crime was committed. It was all consensual. Yes, they were underage at the time, but you know, they're adults now, so they, 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 don't, they don't want to press charges or whatever. Mean uh, that a line hasn't been crossed in terms of a relationship with a young person of some form or another. Um, then another story that came from the Sun talking about a, a meeting that may have happened uh, during a, one of the COVID lockdowns, um, and also further revelations <laughs> today See, about so more um, what seemed to be. There's more of that shit too, right? Because these, remember, these guys were the ones who told you you have to stay in your home, you have to take the vaccine, blah, 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 everybody. And with, what is it? Every single one now, Hancock recently, the health minister, right? He had broken his own rules. Uh, the guy from King's College, what was his name? I'm going to forget his name now. Uh, it was uh, uh, Neil Ferguson, right? Neil Ferguson, same thing there. He had some crush and he went to grow break the, the COVID lockdown rules that, that that he had participated you know participated in setting up constructing this 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 whole thing right a lot of the stuff that happened was because of is it the king's college is that what it's called i, I think so anyway neil ferguson that's the right name uh and now this guy too the, <laughs> it's the same story every time it doesn't apply to them remember we played some of the footage of the 
the uh, the the Tories having their little Christmas party and talking about oh we're you know we're uh, you're not filming this are you and uh, and again you know no masks and not that I believe in all those things but I'm saying still these are the people that forced you and told you your kids can't go to school you got to stay home you have to take the vaccine or else and they most of them most of them in these uh, higher up positions. Uh, they lived a completely different life. They didn't care about them, didn't apply to them. You know, we're beyond that shit. Same thing with this pedophile now. Certainly um, inappropriate messages, the allegations that these are inappropriate messages to people, you know, within the building. Um, all of which has added beyond the initial allegation that there are questions to be answered. Now, the BBC had put its investigation on pause because there was the police looking into possible illegality. Um, but there are many other questions now for it to look at. But it's got to be mindful so the, it has a responsibility. Let me get, let me get this straight. <clears throat> the BBC is slated to investigate itself after they for years and years covered up the Jimmy Savile shit and many other people in the corporation knew all those things, right? I, I have to play this clip to listen to this here. Never forget that Hugh Edwards and the BBC believe that they had the moral authority over you. You should only trust them and them only. Uh, we saw this from New Zealand's uh, uh, horse face Jacinda Ardern at the time as well. We will be your singular point of truth and, and source. Listen to him. Here, here, here he's talking about this. Um, man, it's just great that, that, that it's being exposed. I don't like that it happened, but I'm saying fantastic that this shit is being exposed and that these creeps are finally getting what they deserve. One note of caution, always be careful. It's important to check all the sources. They might not be giving you the full picture or they might have made, you know, an innocent mistake. So you need to be careful. Only use those sources that you trust. Are they likely to have accurate information on the story? How much checking do you need to do? Depends on the type of source, but it's usually a good idea to check the information with at least two different sources. That's our policy. So we have truth and accuracy, two of the BBC's basic news values. The audience <laughs> need to trust you. And that but depends uh, on you hey, being. buddy, you were living a lie. Maybe that's why you were depressed, eh? You're asking for... Uh nude images and giving cocaine to underage little boys huh and then you're you, but you have a wife and what was it four or five kids something like that living this living this lie what why don't these people just come out now they would be essentially celebrated by the mainstream lgbt establishment anyway that's the big kind of conundrum here but i guess he had some kind of yeah whatever like a respectability to kind of uphold here uh but no this this is how they view themselves we, we you have to run it through us Truth and honesty. That's us right here, personified. Look at my face. Here I am. Accurate. They're important values and they'll help you become not just a reporter, but a trusted school reporter. Uh, one like more important you. bit of advice. To protect people under the age of 18, you must only use their first names in reports. I think you uh, are talking about uh, <clears throat> molesting kids under the 18, uh, age of 18, right? Never use surnames, okay? That's a good policy too. So good luck finding the new stories, have fun, and we'll talk again. <clears throat> All right, anyway, there he is, right there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And apparently there's a number of people now that are coming out and defending uh, this prick. Uh, check out this one, someone replied to his, right? The Sun drove the story, not social media, a crazy disproportionate frenzy followed. Yeah, I wonder why. 
And now, unsurprisingly, Hugh Edwards is in hospital as we, as we hear the police has no cause for investigation. For followers of the British media, here is another family, familiar, darkly hysterical sequence. Well, it, it should have been uh, out, in, out in the open. Um, the fr the uh, frenzy around it should have existed, or needs to be there. Uh, because if these people are um, accused of this, <clears throat> they, they look, they would always say to someone else, like, well, well, if you have nothing to hide, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, how many times have the BBC not accused others or put labels on other people or somebody be a racist or whatever it is, right? And a white nationalist, you know, whatever it is. We know they've done this stuff like that. They've, they've, they've hounded people uh, over and over and over again. And now it's happening to one of their own. And now they're kind of protect, like helping out to protect each other. And whoa, whoa, we'll slow down there now. And again, they've covered up these things. Uh, much of much of the establishment in Britain have helped to cover up these kinds of things for 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 decades in some cases. You know the rumors about the royal families, and obviously uh, extending beyond what we know about um, Prince Andrew, which of course it's you know that's out in the open. That's admitted that that he went to well, he denies some of those things, but I mean it's it was a friend of Epstein. All that shit is open. You know this is this has nestled its way into every aspect of. Uh, of society and especially the upper elites uh, type of society oh this is a frenzy maybe this guy's afraid that he'll be caught too what is he is uh steve richards presenter the rock and roll politics podcast yeah so he's like slow whoa 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 slow down it's uh this is no good now he's in mental hospital okay so he's the victim now eh <clears throat> hugh edwards is the victim now oh poor me Someone said, replied to this that apparently a 61-year-old major BBC presenter paying £35,000 to solicit lewd pics from boys younger than his own sons is no big deal, apparently. What? Most BBC viewers will be deeply shocked. They pay Hugh's, Hugh Edwards' salary. That's right. That's how sick this is. And we, they continue here, but it's just more fluff essentially for the most part that you get from bbc obviously not a big surprise right there but there's others from gb news someone pulled this out this is the great conservative kind of you know uh, op opposition you know in, in british uh, the british media environment tom harwood said so unless there is more information here that the police fail to uncover the story appears to be that of an estranged mother is upset uh, or appears to be that an estranged mother is upset that their adult offspring consensually sells naked pictures. Yeah, that's the only thing that's going on here. See how they cover? Time and time again, they cover up for each other. Uh, high, one of the highest paid, paid BBC presenters. Now, let me remind you here. Here's a trailer for just one of the many documentaries out there about Jimmy Savile. Uh, and of course, the, deep, the BBC is deeply tied to this. Here's a reminder. Check this out. Big question I get asked is when did it all start and why? Ladies and gentlemen, it so happens I've spent my life fixing things for people. As a child, you just thought this guy can make things happen. He knew everybody. I thank you for everything you do, for every good cause. How on earth do you raise £10 million in three years? With Jim, you accepted things as normal, but it was abnormal. <laughs> that is supposed to be me. 
What did I ever do to you that you would draw that picture of me? He's very intuitive. You do a terrific job, Jimmy. No, that's all front. That's all lies. <laughs> he was making the screen in front of him. It's like you couldn't see through it. He knew fame and power gave him every door. I am a voluntary helper. Sometimes, when nobody's looking, I help the lasses. It turns out, everywhere he'd been, there'd been abuse. There's another seat that can catch me out, ladies and gentlemen. But they can't really catch me out. I've got eyes all over the head, you see? picture that emerged people who were in a state of paralysis. Jimmy Savile has been indicted by the Queen. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much, Jim. The allegations are shocking the entire country. The nation created Jimmy Savile. I'm not in your world. I'm not constrained by anything. Let me tell you, you really are missing something. In fact, you're missing everything. All right. Anyway, that's just uh, obviously a little slice uh, of what it was involved in. And uh, <clears throat> although they don't go into this in the trailer, uh, the BBC is uh, known and, uh, you know, covered up uh, much of this and just allowed it to, to go on, essentially, because most likely there's a lot more of these people at the BBC still to this day. Uh, the piece here we were uh, reading earlier said, uh, in a surprise twist, it goes to what I talked about, someone recanted their story, apparently. In a surprise twist, two days after the story broke, a lawyer for the teenager released a statement disputing the mother's account and saying, nothing inappropriate or unlawful has taken place between our client and the BBC personality, and the allegations reported in the Sun newspaper are rubbish. What's going on with that? Somebody being threatened? What's happening? Anyway. So there's going to be more about this coming out. The BBC has suspended the anchor while they're investigating the matter under the UK's Protection of Children Act. It is a crime to take, make, share and possess indecent images of people under 18. The maximum sentence for the offense is uh, 10 years. So anyway, we'll see what uh, happens with this here, but uh, not a big surprise uh, whatsoever. Uh, I got a couple of super chats here. Trucker Chris over on Odyssey says, uh, when we take power, we must go through all journalists' electronics and take a special kind of evil, um, as it takes, rather, a special kind of evil uh, willing to say diversity is our strength. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. there's I, I bet you it's just riddled with these people everywhere. Just look at the reaction to the... Uh, the the sound of freedom. Now there's some shady shit going on with that too, and we we won't have time to dive dive deep into that rabbit hole today. But I was looking at it, um, and there's bizarre things such as who funded the the film, right? It's Carlos Slim, uh, known for drug trafficking. Now it's also known that human trafficking has apparently taken over in terms of the the money that it generates from drug trafficking. There's a lot of accusations about the fact that Carlos Slim. And people around him too are involved in this. You, just, just think of the the border crisis, right, to the south of the U.S. and the Mexico border. Uh, how many people are being smuggled and stuff? How much money they make on this? And apparently, people like Carlos Slim and people surrounding him are are part of this, right? <clears throat> they help to fund the Clinton Foundation. You have Tim Ballard, the the guy behind the movie. He has he does have some charity in Haiti. He worked. Who was it? Was it he who worked for the Clinton Foundation? Uh, there's other people around the Operation Rail Underground Railroad, I think it was called, that um, was this one? Yeah, Operation Underground Railroad that had ties to like the CIA. Uh, there's all these crazy weird things, and I don't know if it's all true yet, 
but it is interesting, you know, there, there was wall-to-wall media, you know, kind of denunciation of the film. Now, this might go even deeper, meaning that even the opposition to it or, or the, uh, what do you call it, the, the stories that we are offered up, in a sense, to maybe maybe not feel good about this, but to feel that it's being exposed to child sex trafficking, uh, are funded and, 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 and handled, may, potentially, by the very same people. But be that as it may, regardless, all the reactions of the mainstream media was essentially the, ha- the same, right? Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-adjacent thriller seducing America. The Guardian said, uh, it's a paranoid new movie, but it was, of course, based on something that really happened, right? In, uh, was it Honduras? Sound of Freedom, here's Washington Post, the low-budget film, the low-budget film, the fuck does that matter, about ch- child sex trafficking almost topped the box office on July 4th, but it stars Jim Caviezel, has, it, has linked it to the QAnon uh, movement, but, or, but it stars Jim Caviezel, has linked it to the QAnon movement. See how this, this happens every time? <clears throat> Jezebel, Sound of Freedom, is an anti-child trafficking fantasy fit for QAnon for QAnon. Uh, and, and here's a, almost an even better one here, right? Rolling Stone. Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. <clears throat> and then, of course, it came out that the um, uh, the Rolling Stone uh, main editor there had uh, his uh, home raided by the uh, FBI there, and they haven't really uh, talked about what was uh, going on about that. Uh, Noah Schacht, Schachtman, Schachtman, I think it is. Uh, something like that. Um, and of course, continues. People have pointed out this too. I can show you the all the Pizzagate uh, you know, stuff that Rolling Stone and so many other publications came down on as well. And of course, it didn't turn out that everything that was kind of you know said about Pizzagate was true, but it means that they avoided kind of the core issue and spun it off into this other issue that it was not about. Uh, you know, they, they, they made it only about, like, Comet Ping Pong when there's so many other things, right? But, oh, no, that was fake news, you see. That was not, uh, that was not true. Uh, and, of course, The Guardian, going back to that for a second, uh, they praised uh, cuties. Remember the pedophile uh, movie, right? They praised that shit. Um, anyways, it's, the response is always the same. Now, there could be some something weird here still beyond w- with the fact with, you know, they're off- oh, they are offering you up um, you know, they're offering you up something uh, like a feel-good story that's based in, you know, Honduras or whatever the hell it was based. Um, Carlos Slim makes money on it. You know how these things go, right? It, 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 there's some interesting questions there, but I haven't looked into it all, uh, all of it yet. But uh, Tim Ballard looks like he has some inter- interesting, you know, kind of connections, and some people were digging out some details about this uh, on uh, on the internet, as it were. Uh, we might return to that at some point and, and try to kind of understand. My... my my main criticism here was kind of like, well, why? Look, both the both the producer, I think they had it on the Wikipedia page here, right? The uh, the co-writer, at least, I'm not sure who the other one is. Then Alejandro Montaverde, he's Mexican. Uh, the producer Eduardo Vest- Vestagiu, he's also Mexican. So they, it it makes sense in the sense that, like, okay, let's do a story that's closer to home, right? It makes more sense. There's something with about kids that look like them, and, you know, fine. I, I get that. But, you know, Jim Caviezel was, like, kind of seen as being associated with it and stuff like that. And, uh, and it was this, why not do it on, on Jimmy Savile or, you know, Epstein? 
or Marc Dutroux in, in uh, Belgium or something like that. Right, there's so many other stories, and they're connected to a bunch of other stuff. As far as I know, this this um, you know kind of ring that they busted up in yeah, was it Honduras? Man, I gotta um, yeah, he said it here. Um, I think it wasn't. I could be wrong on this because I didn't look into it like 100% yet. But but there was sex tourism and stuff like that to to these countries in South America that they were kind of investigating or that they operated in this group. Uh, but I don't think that there was like, as far as I know, uh, connections to like you know the Epstein net ring and you know things like that. It was kind of somewhat, as I understand at this point, an ins- you know isolated incident. And by the way, someone went on to say that from this operation railroad i don't know if that's true someone just or if somebody just threw this out there there's no like kids that were actually returned to parents there was you know I mean, there, there was, there was, there was some questions about this but anyway the guy here tim ballard said um he said that it was um let me see if i can find the exact quote here Uh, Yeah, Ballard had said prior to the uh, OUR, he served 12 years as a U.S. Special Agent, Department of Home Security, Internet Crimes Against uh, Child Children Task Force, um, and the U.S. Child Sex Tourism Jump Team. According to the Atlantic, spokespeople for the CIA and DHS have said they could not confirm Ballard's employment records without his written permission, which he did not provide. Okay, this has actually changed since I look at it. He said he was, oh, here it is. He was frustrated with the lack of strategies employed to rescue kidnapped and trafficked children in underdeveloped nations and the inability to prosecute offenders in non-U.S. related cases. And it's like, okay, fine, you want to do that? That's totally fine. But man, this shit goes up. What, what the fuck is Epstein about? You know, you know what I mean? There's plenty of uh, kids to try to rescue in the, in the U.S. alone, other Western countries. You know what I mean? Anyway, that, it's fine. It is what it is. I'm glad they're busting, you know, child networks and ch- child abuse networks. Obviously, it doesn't matter where it takes place. It needs to be rooted out everywhere. But that was like one of my main criticisms. Like, oh, why didn't they do a movie about Epstein? Talk about, a, you know, <laughs> an opportunity to actually expose something. But anyway, it is what it is. A lot of weird questions about that. But regardless, the media still kind of behaved like this is this movie, something this is weird. Uh, you're busting pedophiles is... Um, is a delusion and it's QAnon stuff when it, again it's based on allegedly a real thing that uh, that happened and took place but they'll keep uh, keep covering for pedophiles because they, they are that right even uh, even Oprah remember Oprah <clears throat> apparently her her um, spiritual healer uh, John of God he was known as Jao de Deus um, well that's actually John of God in his language but anyway um, he was recently sentenced to an additional 99 years in prison after being found guilty of raping hundreds of women and young girls my point is this is everywhere every elite circle everywhere it's 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 run our, our main enemies are pedophiles and they keep covering up for each other and they kind of try to gaslight everybody into thinking it's not really happening and I guess some people's argument was then, well, then the, what they'll do is they'll throw a sound of freedom in front of your face and Americans kind of just, you know, love it. They suck it up. It was like one of the box hit successes and stuff. Uh, and I'm not saying it's not justified, but people said, well, this will go back in the, what, the pockets of, you know, Carlos Slim or something like that. At least Tim Ballard mentioned that in an interview. There was like Carlos Slim and some of the others. And he's tight. Rothschilds. Anyways, <laughs> it's all these things. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I mean, so, sometimes that is truly what it is. They also offer you kind of 
up the not that this is like just a major opposition to everything in regards to child trafficking but they're throwing you a crumb with a film like this that's some of the arguments that people were making and i can i can kind of see that uh, to be honest all right uh the second wanderer says uh, hail henrik and family i'm happy to be on here again thank you for joining us appreciate it any ideas when lana's llama, llama will be back online still haven't really had the time to sit down and and churn out uh new designs and um you know uh, uh printers and things like this that's something we just uh, have to try to take time for and it's been super busy uh with uh, with the family stuff but uh same as before as soon as possible uh you know and i know we have to spend time on it because i know there's a lot of you guys asking for it and it would help us you know you guys support us further gives us more resources uh hopefully then we can employ more people meaning we can actually you know do more and produce more including uh, some of the merch and stuff like that so uh believe me it's it's at the on my, at my forefront all at all times uh there's so many things we want to do and and need to do uh and it is true it, it is frustrating not to be able to get her get to it all uh, that's definitely what it, uh, what the case is. Thank you, Second Wanderer. Peg and Bear says support what you like. Thank you, Peg and Bear. Peg and Bear appreciate that. All right, so let's uh, move on here a little bit. Then we got to talk about France. Um, the censorship. It's it's not just France, but it it comes out of the environment of what happened in uh, in France. Uh, because where's my uh, story here? Here here it is. Right here's the guy. Uh, it, it's partially used as a justification, right? We have the race riot in France. We have all the crazy stuff happening there. And much of the establishment and the response to this in France have been, well, we got to spy on people's phones. And we covered that in the latest uh, Western Warrior uh, as well, in terms of how France is basically going into, you know, liberal, democratic, you know, <laughs> you know France is, is turning into an, an, an authoritarian big brother spying state, which is not a big surprise. This is what we said. They're going to use the chaos generated from uh, open borders, migration, replacement, uh, and then use that against us, use that against uh, French people in this case. And I think that that's how it's going to proceed. They're giving themselves now, now new legal um, uh, you know, rights, essentially, new le legal leeway uh, to spy on people's uh, phones and devices, even cars, anything that's connected. And they say, well, it's only going to be used in a couple of dozen cases and blah, blah, blah. And as it always goes, if they once grant themselves uh, some new kind of, uh, you know, judicial um, aspect in order to go after people or whatever, they, they never they never recant on that. They never they never revoke that. They never give up those uh, th that ability. They always just ask for more and grab for more. And then they try to normalize that. So in a way, you could say instead of talking deportation. Uh, or talking about and there's been some French politicians that have racist. I'm not saying it's been wall to wall, but most people, you know, Macron included, of course, is oh whoa 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 let's not you know blame migrants here. It's nothing to do with that. There's nothing to do. They're French citizens, and then it's like well they're second and third generation migrants that are you know rioting and and <laughs> you know going after people and and uh, things like this. So they're using that. Not a big surprise. They're using that chaos. Uh, to bring in their new authoritarian system. And eventually, uh, when they terrorist label just even just mild, uh, you know, uh, French, uh, you know, uh, clubs and, you know, cultural, uh, you know, um, groups and things like this and, and nationalist groups, they'll say that, well, those are the, those are the terrorists, right? We got to, we got to, we can now spy on their uh, devices and we can uh, build a case against them. Uh, who knows if they, 
spin up uh, y- y- all the deep fakes to to rope people in. Anything is possible at this stage. But I'm just saying we knew that they're always going to build a surveillance state to offer us the security from the chaos that they created by opening our borders. And now they're doing that right in front of our noses in France. So with that as a springboard, uh, this guy here, uh, Thierry Breton, or Breton, uh, went went out of his way to to kind of underline this. They're like, well, with everything that's happening in France, now we have to have this new internet law, the Digital Services Act in place, uh, because it's going to keep people even more safe. So it's a subtitled clip here from uh, Galia Daily. Uh, he went on some French show. Read the subtitles here, <clears throat> and you'll follow along in what, I, what, what I'm talking about. And he explains a little bit more what will happen on, on August 25th. That's when this DSA, the Digital is it Services Act, uh, goes into effect in the Eurozone, and they're going after, as you can see here, uh, specific uh, platforms and websites uh, for now, but then they will extend this later on. Okay, here's the first, the subtitled clip. Check this out. Crazy shit happening uh, in the EU using the situation in France right now. Et donc on leur a dit d'anticiper. Il y a des choses très simples, c'est qu'à partir du 25 août, donc elles sont la loi européenne va s'appliquer à ces plateformes, c'est-à-dire que lorsqu'il y aura des contenus haineux, des contenus qui appellent par exemple à la révolte, qui appellent également à tuer parce qu'on l'a vu aussi mm. des individus ou à brûler des auront, voitures ou à brûler ou... des voitures, elles auront l'obligation dans l'instant de les effacer. Si elles ne le font pas, elles seront immédiatement sanctionnées. On a des équipes qui vont intervenir immédiatement. Si elles n'agissent pas immédiatement, alors oui, on pourra à ce moment-là, non seulement donner une amende, mais interdire l'exploitation euh, donc sur notre territoire. Ça veut dire couper, couper les réseaux bien sociaux Bien sûr, fait, ça fait partie, encore une fois, mais c'est la loi qui va le faire. Avec, encore une fois, c'est pas, c'est pas une personne, c'est pas un État, c'est pas un conseil d'administration, c'est notre loi. Nous sommes maintenant ouais. équipés pour cela, avec un conseil spécifique, mais croyez-le, les interventions vont être extrêmement rapides. D'abord, et je le dis, c'est une régulation ex ante. Ça veut dire quoi Ça veut dire que les, op- les, les plateformes, à partir du 25 août, devront nous démontrer qu'elles ont pris des dispositions pour faire appliquer la loi, y compris au cas d'espèce, dans ce que nous avons vécu. Et si jamais elles ne le font pas, parce que derrière, il y a aussi tout ce qui est invisible, les algorithmes qui poussent, on le sait, ces contenus à forte viralité, parce que ça rapporte de la publicité, il ne faut pas se cacher derrière ouais. son petit doigt. Donc tout ça... Now, this is of course extremely uh, dangerous. Because in a situation in, like in France, as he's using as an example, it's of course vital that this gets out to the world so we can see what is happening. But again, I think the reasoning is here, no, let's shut that down. Let, let's not expose what's happening in the country. And, and the justification, they can say, well, that's just to keep everybody safe and make sure it's not spreading or anybody else gets ideas. That's, that's what they'll say, but that's not the reason why they're doing it. The reason why they're doing it is so that everybody else out there can't find out what's going on, see how bad it is. Because this, of course, is is red-pilling people. This is leading people to turn their backs on the French establishment. They come over more to our side. They are beginning to realize and understand that mass migration doesn't work. We have to do something. We have to repatriate these people. We have to get back on track of what it means to be French. We have to, uh, you know, we have to... We have to essentially overhaul everything in our society to get to get our countries back again. Uh, and and if you have a large amount of people on your side for that, they they are terrified of that and they don't want that. They want to keep the lid on this. They want to cover that up. So basically, it's them. It's the EU and this guy spearheading it, saying these websites must shut down certain content and remove things immediately that we call, uh, you know, oh, this is hate speech, as he said in the beginning here. 
or this is uh, disinformation, or this is malinformation, like they're using now. Oh, this is viral content, and this is bad for our democracy. Right? This is this is causing uh, uh, this is causing destabilization. So we got to remove this. That's what they're doing right now. Absolutely sickening. Um, so this guy's the should have mentioned that right away, but he's the current commissioner for the internal market of the European Union. Uh, and again, the Digital Services Act. Uh, spe specifies that websites and online platforms that for now have at least 45 million users within the EU will come under what they call more regulatory scrutiny under the premise that they hold a special responsibility to police the internet and provide safety for their user ba base with the legislation greatly expanding on the ability for Brussels to police so-called hate speech and disinformation, right? That's what it's about. Well, this is bad information for us. We want to have it gone. Described as providing an unprecedented level of public oversight all over the internet, the DSA will place at least 19 online platforms under the strictest level of censorship. Those that fail to comply with the censorship law by February of uh, 2024, so they got a little bit of more time to do this, they will face fines up to 6% of their global revenue, as well as the potential ban from Europe entirely. And that's exactly what they talked about that they're going to do to Twitter, right? If, if Musk don't comply, if you don't do what we tell you to do, uh, we will just shut shut you down in Europe. And that's one of the threats now. And it's going to be very interesting to see if he if he bows down to this. Is he going to uh, allow them to tell him what he has to do with his uh, his website and stuff? Twitter is listed there in one of his um, uh, tweets regarding this. Uh, here, here's what he said about this. And it, it's more of the same. It's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to keep you all safe. Listen to this here. Thanks to the Digital Services Act, European citizens and businesses will benefit from a safer internet. As of 25th of August, Online platforms and search engines with more than 45 million active users in the EU will have stronger obligation. Because with great scale comes great responsibility. Check out the list of the first 19 very large online services. Thanks to the digital uh, service. Shitbag. <coughs> huh? So yeah, he's one of the guys that went to go meet with uh, you know, Musk and shake his hand and stuff and said, oh, you gotta, you got to shut this down. Um, I guess Telegram is not in there. There's a couple of other websites that's not mentioned for now, but it's usual. You know they will expand to this as well. Now let me go back to the other clip we're watching first because he talked about how uh, he's, he met with Facebook and Meta Zuckerberg and all that stuff, and, and uh, they have like a thousand people to comply to their demands and all this shit. It's, it's, it's crazy that they have this legal power to do it. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, you know, BitChute is forced to... Uh, to censor, right? They have the Ofcom uh, stuff in, in Britain, and it's not uh, Ray Vey's fault who's running BitChute. They're just saying you comply or we'll shut down your website. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so so Thierry here says that, oh, well, they're making money on this and this is bad. Um, so, you know, they have to do what we tell them to do because they're making money on, on misinformation and viral content. Back to that clip again. Subtitle here. And if they don't do it, because behind there is also what is invisible. The algorithms that push, you know, these contents to high virality because it relates to the publicity. You don't have to hide behind your little finger. So all that will be strictly interdicted. So they will show us that that's why we do tests in blanc. So they have to hire? Of course. These are human beings. Meta, Meta, Meta. Meta is Facebook, Instagram. I went to see them for 15 days. Donc en Californie avec mes équipes, donc Mark Zuckerberg m'a confirmé qu'il avait embauché 1000 personnes pour ce faire. Donc les, les plateformes se préparent. se préparent. Et donc oui, à partir du 25 août, eh bien, euh, elles devront le faire. Ce que j'ai indiqué, c'est que compte tenu de la situation, 
j'ai regretté, et je leur ai dit, qu'elle ne l'ait pas fait avant, mais, mais euh, elles m'ont dit qu'elles allaient le faire, évidemment, mm. il reste un mois. Euh, voilà, donc... Anyway, you get, uh, you get the point there. Uh, absolutely incredible that they're using what's happening in France to, to justify this uh, and this time. Some good, good timing for them, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, and you know what? Speaking of Paris, um, check out this here, too. Someone, someone linked up a clip here uh, of some, what is he? He's like an Asian, uh, African uh, guy who's... Obviously, has like an American accent, right? So he's born in America. Uh, <clears throat> very, very homosexual. Uh, went to Paris, and it was he was disillusioned. Yeah, what could pro what could possibly be the reason? Now he's honest about it too, and it's not that it's like, well, he this guy thought he would get a certain uh, <laughs> certain something out of his visit to Paris. I guess I'm I'm not sure. Maybe his gay bar experience weren't that great or whatever. But however, having said that. He's he's correct in terms of not only what Paris has become, but uh, what direction uh, it is going in. So so check this out here. Someone said Paris is no longer Paris. Oof! Get rid of this. Y'all save all y'all money, all y'all lives to come here. Hmm. <laughs> Let me be the one to break your bubble. First of all, Paris stink. It smell like piss, cheese, and armpits. Child, even the damn pigeons was crazy. And ain't nothing to do but eat at cafes. You will see a cafe on every corner because there's no activities here and the food is so mid. That's why there's hella fast food, American fast food chains, because their food don't taste like shit. And that shit look grimy as hell. Paris look grimy as hell and dungeon post-apocalyptic everywhere you go it was graffiti the buildings weren't inviting they weren't welcoming it was actually a horror sight to see like this was shocking to me they will never show you that this is what paris really looks like in the eiffel tower child this was the trail to the eiffel damn tower this was the most hype shit i've ever seen outside of this tower ain't shit to do there's no mom culture they don't know how to capitalize off their culture it's just this damn tower that's it. All right, there's some. He has some texts in there too. You can stop and read that. But yeah, I guess he he wanted a uh, a romantic homosexual experience in France or something like that in Paris, uh, and he didn't like it. Yeah, I wonder wonder why. At least he's honest. I mean, he says it right there. <clears throat> uh, he says. I felt like I was in the Middle East. That's right. Uh, but for, in a way, though, I mean, Paris, ever since the time of the Jacobins and, you know, the Paris Commune, well, that's before the Jacobins, right? But so in the wrong order, but they've, it's, it's, this have been kind of an expression of that insane, um, you know, e equality, humanity, brotherhood. What is the, what is the slogan goes again? Uh, the 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 Jacobins, right? The, that that's what this is. The the beginning of the liberal movement, right? Liberalism has its it has its uh, roots uh, in Paris specifically, but then out of out of France and the French Revolution and all the madness after that. 
And so it's kind of understandable. I mean, even, you know, sadism after desaad, right? There's all these uh, terms that come out of this. It's always been seedy to a certain extent and grimy and stuff. But the difference now is that now it is turning into the Middle East. Now it is becoming something completely different. And it's, yes, it's even more dirty now. It's even more, none of that veneer that they had, I guess, for a certain period of time of romanticism or, uh, you know, cleaner, I guess it was for at least for a time. It was, it was cleaner when it was majority French living there and taking care of things. They could, they could keep it, they could upkeep some of those, you know, crazy liberal, uh, you know, kind of attitudes with, uh, with, a lot of French people there, but now as they are being replaced, you're you're not getting that anymore. And people, as he shows at the end, there, oh, nobody, nobody talked to me or something like that. Well, that's what happens with multiculturalism. Read, uh, you know, Bowling Alone and, and these kinds of uh, uh, books, right? The studies that have been done on this, that people go into um, uh, a turtle mode, as they call it, in multicultural societies. Nobody talks to each other. High trust is out the window. Nobody wants them. And 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 frankly, maybe that <laughs> maybe they don't want to talk with this guy. Who knows what's going on? But the point is, he was expecting one thing, uh, and he realized something else. <clears throat> I don't know who sold this dream to Americans, but if you're coming out here thinking you're about to find the love of your life, you a damn fool. <laughs> they don't approach, they don't outwardly romantic. They they not outwardly romantic. No sense of sentimentality. Child, these people honestly can't dress. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, a lot of tourists, of course, in, in France as well, Paris as well. Uh, but yeah, that's that, there, there you have it for its worth. Uh, city of Love, uh, <clears throat> Paris. I've gone to uh, from that to a post-apocalyptic Middle Eastern, uh, you know, f- full, full consequences of of replacism uh, is 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 visually seen and experienced uh, in France and Paris uh, right now. It's it's uh, pretty incredible stuff. Um, Svatovit says, doesn't every bar in Paris have the gay experience? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Is it is is that beginning then to change? because uh, of the demographic change and that of course doesn't mean oh, okay you get the gay out but then what, what you know what do you get in return hookah bars and you know you get then you get the arab experience and it's not much different and in fact it's pretty gay too in its own different way and in some cases literally uh, gay with their baja bajir uh, you know ceremonies and shit uh, but again it's slightly skewed because obviously that guy was looking for something like you know people actually want to experience you know traditional European uh, culture uh, you know wouldn't agree with him we're not looking for the same thing here but having said that I, I still think he's right I think still think uh, that is uh, what it's turning into it's it's basically uh, shit it's shit man it's a realization comes every other day it's like we we just it just have to it, it, we just have to um, let this go. We're gonna to have to do something new here, probably. We have to we have to build something new. Maybe that will be in some new place or some new area or something. But many of these zones um, will just have to. Um, we just have to pull out of them, and they just have to collapse in on themselves. And and yes, you know, then they will go to where we are then and stuff like that. But how? Heck, what what can we do? How how can we live? We can't can live like this can't raise families in these environments you can't have kids in these environments we have to be somewhere where where it's safe where we can where we can function uh where we can still upkeep society and and do things that we want to do and preserve the way of life that we want to we can preserve our folk our traditions our heritage all that stuff um and it certainly is is going to be 
increasingly impossible to do in many of the major cities in the West right now because it's all turning into this. So I say just let let's just pull out. You know what I mean? Let's just get away from it. Let let it let it let it fall in on itself. Don't save it now. Don't try to prop it up. <clears throat> just just let it collapse in on itself. <clears throat> and uh, we can do it again. We can we can build it again. Maybe that's what we need. Just a big a big purge or something. I don't know. Uh, we don't know exactly how this is going to go down, but we know in fact that uh, we're going to get not only more of the same, but it's going to get increasingly worse before it gets better. Uh, but just know that uh, as it as it is transforming, it, that gives us more and more opportunity. It gives us more. Uh, I think motivation to a certain extent to actually do it and do it well and do it differently and do it in a way that actually you know permanently keeps this out permanently prevents these things from happening i don't know what the what the full answer to that yet is but it keeps cyclically happening in 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 history it's almost like that civilization of itself is like a living organism and it's going through stages of of uh uh you know a birth obviously a, a maturity uh, a, a process where it's in its prime and then it starts to kind of uh, descend again, it starts going downhill and eventually it, it rots and it dies. Uh, maybe these are cycles we can't escape. Maybe that's just part of the larger, um, you know, larger, larger nature that we're a part of. And, and consequently, the civilizations we build, the countries we build uh, will be part of that too. Not, none of that is outside of nature. So maybe that maybe that's just what it is. But did it have to go down this way, though? That's what I'm wondering. We're like, shit. I mean, man, it's like we're importing. I, I use the analogy all the time, but like, you know, imagine, you know, an animal falls and dies in, in the woods or something like that. And immediately, almost immediately, you have, you know, the flies are out. They're laying their eggs in the, the rotting meat, right? The maggots come out, the snails, the worms, the, all, all those kinds of things. And that's almost where we are now. It, it, we're seeing like all the agents of, of decay that in a weird way, speaking from the point of view of nature at least, have a, a role to fill. They have a they, they they are basically cleaning up something which is dead and rotten. And I I frankly think that analogy can kind of be made here too, in a sense, right? We it was it was us who let it go. Our parents, our grandparents, their parents, uh, we we did let it go, yes. But uh, we didn't fix it. We didn't upkeep it. We didn't preserve it. We didn't uh, claim our space in it. And uh, the elites, uh, they, they, they turned against us and they used that against us. And, um, you know, it, it's not all, only our fault, obviously. I'm not going to say that, but I'm saying we, we do have, a, uh, we do have a, a part to play in why it turned out the way it did as well. There's just no doubt about that. All right. Um, anyway, let me, uh, let me get back on track here. I want to see if we can cover the issue with... Uh, NATO real quick here because <clears throat> it's a bizarre thing that happened with Turkey so we're changing topics here a little bit um, I mentioned in the intro right all this weird and uh, kind of interesting progression that happened right probably most likely NATO put pressure on Turkey that's what I assume happened uh, agreements are made on the back end Turkey then all of a sudden drops this um, uh, objection that they had against Sweden joining NATO. They release Azov troops back to Ukraine. Uh, and that in and of itself is a fascinating thing. I, I'm not saying I'm against that. It was good. I'm glad they're back with their families and things like that, right? 
But Turkey and uh, Russia and Ukraine, I think, was part of that, having an agreement. Okay, they're going to stay in Turkey until the conflict is over, something like that. They just stabbed Russia in the back, walk away from that, interestingly. Erdogan has dangled a number of things in front of Putin a number of times. How are they going to react? Well, they're angry, of course, about this. But anyway, be that as it may. And now Biden came out and said that uh, the United States, he said, I'm confident that the United States can sell F-16 fighters to Turkey, right? So they wanted this. But then the other thing they wanted in return is EU membership, which is insane considering how many uh, there, uh, there are in Turkey. They basically, we covered it in the latest Western Warrior, but they want to be, they want the ability for Turks to travel all over Europe without a passport, which, which is insane for tons of reasons and they've already made that clear of where they stand on this issue they see the west as as a uh, you know kind of a, a opposition uh, to them and their goals they are helping to fund mosque buildings in european countries all these crazy things right just the saudi arabia is but turkey is, is primarily a part of that too so they're very strange to figure out in a sense um but then maybe not the more you think about it it's like yes they're self-serving it's just about raw political power and leverage they do whatever they have to do to advance and get ahead i get that but why they uh change their mind so quickly hasn't been revealed yet uh maybe it's down to what sweden does as well are they going to start extraditing uh you know kurdish people that turkey has labeled as terrorists uh, you know are they going to extradite them to turkey we'll see what happens maybe that will happen um but maybe not but regardless now, in an update to this, unless this uh, is fake news here by this poster, Erdogan says government will send Sweden's NATO membership for parliamentary ratification after Stockholm presents a roadmap to Ankara. <clears throat> and is it, it? It's not clear. A roadmap, roadmap for their EU membership that they desired, that they basically wanted in return for allowing Sweden to go into NATO? I don't know. Are they just talking about how Sweden sees their ascension to NATO and they want a roadmap of that. I, I, that's not clear, this. But uh, apparently a direct quote, uh, direct quote here is, it will be ratified after Parliament is open again. This is Erdogan saying this. We want it to be done as soon as possible. <clears throat> and the uh, poster goes on to say that the Parliament will open in October. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I thought they were doing this now, right now in the Vilnius conference. What the hell is going on with this, right? It's, it's very bizarre. So, however, his language suggests the parliament might convene before October to ratify it, not definitive. Erdogan says the parliament will open in October, there are, but there are pressing international deals, such as ratification, that would push parliament to act as soon as possible. So we'll see. Maybe they will ratify it sooner and stuff like that. So anyway, it's a, for, for me, it's my part, uh, it, it's a disaster that NATO uh, is going to gobble up Sweden as well. I was kind of you know, proud of Sweden standing on the outside of that and being their own, uh, you, you know, they never have been, let's be honest, but at least on paper, you know, like more independent, not, you know, affected as much as, as by the West. That's, yes, changed over the last few decades, obviously, but regardless, you know, we were a neutral uh, buffer zone with, you know, Finland, Sweden, and even as bad as it was during the Soviet times, those men running those countries even you know socialists as they were they were strong enough to to not be you know to cower into a situation where they just like oh we have to we have to um we have to join nato oh my god russia invaded ukraine we could be next you know kind of thing well you're getting your crosshairs on you right now that's what's so retarded about this now you're becoming 
an enemy. You're putting that crosshairs on you now. You're doing it with a nuclear power that is is currently seeing this as an existential threat to their to 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 them and their nation, which means they're poking a, a bear with nuclear weapons, and 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 more people saying, yeah, we're with the side that is currently antagonizing you. Um. Anyway, there was a. Um, I think this might have been at the Vilnius uh, conference, the NATO conference here. Biden said, the power of the NATO alliance <clears throat> cannot be underestimated. And Putin made a mistake when he thought that we would disintegrate. He said he's confident, as I said, that the U.S. will sell F-16 fighters to Turkey. Maybe, again, I think that was one of the back-end deals. It's also this question of how the hell did NATO, if this is what they did, because that's what it sounds like, promise Turkey? an EU membership in return for them allowing Sweden to enter NATO? Is that what happened? That seems to be what it's what it happens. We played a clip in the Western Warrior Show about uh, Jan Stoltenberg, the general secretary of NATO, saying that, uh, yeah, I, I support uh, Turkey's aspiration to become part of the EU, uh, the EU as a member. OK, well, what the fuck does that matter? <laughs> what, what, is the, what does that have to do with anything? You're not in charge of the EU. What are you talking about? Anyway, it's, it's just it's super bizarre because it's it's not bizarre in a way but it's like right in your face right in the open just they're just running a conspiracy in front of our noses essentially and saying yeah we, we're doing back-end deals and yeah we're giving turkey a couple of things they agreed to like oh yeah release the ass of soldiers let uh, sweden join nato and uh and sure we can um we'll sell you some f16s and, and you can become an eu membership uh member does that sound good yeah okay uh but anyway so maybe it will happen in October. Maybe somebody, maybe maybe they'll change their minds until then. You can't figure out Erdogan and his spurginess. It seems very bizarre. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joe Biden also said, "We look forward to an end to this war that violates the international law and United Nations Charter, which Russia violated with its attack on Ukraine." Uh, as of course, the U.S. is sending cluster bombs uh, to Ukraine. But that's, uh, you know, in 2022, when they thought Russia was using cluster bombs, that was a violation of human rights and a war crime and all these things. But now, of course, that's that's to it's totally fine. You see, when we do it, uh, it's good, right? All right. Anyway, I wanted to play this too because uh, it's related to the whole crazy shit's been happening in uh, not only Russia and Ukraine, but uh, the energy situation, the the back and forth politicking, the blackmailing with the energy in Europe and stuff like that, uh, the uh, Nord Stream situation. Apparently, the two Russian uh, pranksters who have fooled uh, a lot of uh, people, a lot of Western leaders into saying uh, a bunch of, well, both dumb shit, but also a bunch of like, whoops, probably shouldn't have said that stuff, have yet again pranked uh, another person. This time is Henry Kissinger. Uh, who they got on the uh, line, and I assume that they are pretending. I'm saying they because it's a pair, but obviously I think we only one gay, one gay, one guy is talking, and uh, maybe they are gay. Who knows? Uh, I think they're claiming that they're Zelensky, and somehow Kissinger's people don't catch this, so they get him on the line, and they're asking him who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Fascinating. Now, there's a ton of lag here, and Kissinger is getting very old, so it's kind of, it's it's a little hard kind of to first hear it, but there's no doubt about what he says. Listen to this. On Nord Stream 2. How do you think? Who is behind, who is behind of explosion of Nord Stream 2? I think he's he's delaying because he's a little flabbergasted here. Like, what what do you what do you mean? 
it's not only internet lag, but he's old too. Who is guilty? How do you think? I, I frankly thought you were. I frankly thought that you were. Let's take that again. Who is? He thinks he's talking to Zelensky, Ukrainian officials. Here. Guilty. How do you think? I, I frankly thought you were. I frankly really? thought you were. You think that we? No, no. But I didn't blame you. Hmm. But I didn't blame you. <laughs> Whoops. I I would not say that as a criticism. That's a bit here. That's a bit hard to hear at the end there. Let's let's take that again. I I would not say that as a criticism. That's so real, man. Anyway, here's the, the, the prankster guys there. I, what does it say at the end there? I would not have... Did anybody catch the excitement? I would not say that as a criticism. I would not say that to threaten you? I would not say that as a criticism. Man, it's so hard to... <laughs> so fucking hard to... But the point is, it's the first comments that we're taking away, right? Do you think these guys have some inside baseball? Of course they Of course they do, right? Remember they said it was a, oh, it was a pro-Ukrainian group and... Maybe they find an American uh, Navy boot down there, the, the Swedish independent um, uh, diving uh, uh, team, right? They used a drone or whatever they call it, a sea drone down there. There's a, I mean, yes, yes, it's true. It could have been here, here, Ukrainian special ops or whatever. Here, use these things, we'll help you out. And you actually, you know, push the button and blow the trigger or whatever uh, <laughs> for, for, for blowing up the Nord Stream. Uh, but uh, I don't think he was supposed to to say this. I don't think this is meant to get out. Will there be any press in the West about this? No, of course, of course not. This is a clip that circulates on the on the internet for a little bit, and then uh, that will be that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very hard to uh, very hard to hear exactly what it says there. Uh, so wh whether it's um, you know at the hands uh, you know directly of uh, Ukrainian uh, uh, people doing it, I, I regardless. Of that, think they had obviously the the, the sanctions uh, of of America, of NATO, uh, and possibly other uh, countries around in the region. Maybe uh, maybe Norway. People have speculated. Well, that's Seymour uh, Hirsch uh, taking that right. Uh, maybe Poland. Maybe even Germany. We don't know. Uh, but uh, whoops, yeah, there you go. More and more stuff about this coming out all the time. The diving boot. This guy. Uh, I, I think it's completely clear. I mean, this was the one kind of leverage Russia had, and it was important for Ukraine uh, and even for NATO to remove that out of it. You know what? I have a <clears throat> Scott Ritter had a new one out. There's some boomer things on this, and I'm not going to play it today. It's called Agent Zelensky. There's some there's some very good things in there, and then there's some very kind of normy things historically, and it, and it actually does play a little bit to the next clip as well, or, or speak to the next clip I want to play. Um, they're very good at kind of like spotting what like, um, you know, Newland is doing in Ukraine and the U.S. State Department and uh, all these sources that have sunk their teeth into Ukraine. They he even brings up, you know, Kolomoisky and, you know, these people and, and just how uh, how much Ukraine is just used uh, by other primarily Western and uh, and uh, Zionist Jewish Israeli interest. Um, and he he can spot that he doesn't say he doesn't say that what I said, but he says you know these are he, but he goes into this like well you know there's these Nazis there and it's all Nazis and stuff but it's like how do you square the circle like you have Victoria Newland there 
You think she would just you know support a, a, a Nazi regime? It's not a it's not a Nazi regime. It, it's it's a regime willing to use anybody it can, including ultra nationalists. Yes, like Azov, to get ahead in in their war against Russia. And obviously, they're using Ukraine as a, as a proxy here. They don't care if these people die. In fact, from their point of view, I think they're thinking good. Let's use these dumb nationalists and let's let them se send them to the slaughter if they can. Uh, Help us defeat Russia, great. But afterwards, do you think they're going to be great buddies? No, this is going to be like the Mujahideen uh, between the U.S. and uh, uh, what happened in Afghanistan, going back to it, right? Or, or even NATO, for that matter. They they essentially set up uh, Al-Qaeda, Al right? The base uh, in, uh, in Afghanistan, uh, or some call it the Mujahideen there, cr helped to create that. Uh, the base, right? That's what the word means to fight against uh, Russia in Afghanistan. But then afterwards, when it doesn't serve them anymore, then they go and they turn on them uh, and they use them as the excuse for why now they have to invade Afghanistan. You know, you know how these things work. And I see it very much similar in, in, uh, in Ukraine. <clears throat> the Ukrainian nationalists might be well-meaning and they might think, haha, we're getting ahead by working with, you know, <laughs> Newland and NATO and Biden and the West and all the EU creeps and, and stuff like that but but I'm sorry you're being you're being used and you're just going to be chew if you've survived this you're going to be chewed up and spat out afterwards uh, I, I think there's a third option I think it's to operate outside of that it, or, or let these forces fight it out and and, and, and then you move in I, who knows exactly what the right thing to do it's hard I get it but man surely to be used by the the other side just because you consider the your your main opponent, as uh, as the great the great enemy, um, is not very smart. It's not very bright. But but be that as it may, I I, I will at some point play that Agent Zelensky because there was some good things in there about how wealthy he is, how much real estate he's using. Scott Scott Ritter pulled out a lot of good things, but they just cannot break away from this. Like look, okay, look, they might work with nationalists because they they're they're not. It's they're, it's not about ideology. It's about control, domination, and power. Right. That's what it is. But Newland is not some like convicted eugenicist. Like she's she's Jewish, right? <laughs> she's working with Kagan. But it, it but it takes, look, it takes a little bit of squaring a circle um, to to get what we just saw with the Azov troops uh, releasing to Ukraine to, to to get that to fit. Right here's Zelensky, the Jewish prime minister there, um, you know, hugging his 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 men. Did I, did I play the footage? Maybe I should play the footage again. Um, yeah, they re they released this little you know, social media video about this too. And I'm not anti, you know, as of a battalion or something, like if they're there fighting for their nation, okay, you know, good. But again, I, I just think they're being used, obviously, and this this is dumb. But but look at this video here. Um, and the sappiness is more, you know, social media warfare by Ukraine. But then like, here's here's these supposed Nazis, you know, and this is like, you know, Russia would say this and, and, and you know, more... Uh, uh, more anti-Westerners in the West would say, well, look, look, Russia is justified because they're fighting Nazism, you know, kind of thing. And like like the, the Nazis in Ukraine is the only power that matters. Oh, Newland is not a problem. NATO is not a problem. Biden, the EU and all these other elites using Ukraine and the nationals there, that's not a really, look at the Nazis and what they're doing. I think it's kind of dumb and lowbrow just to target that. Sure, it's part of the of the bigger picture of what's happening in Ukraine, but it's not the only it's not the only thing that's happening there. 
Uh, but look at this video here and then tell me the supposed Nazis, National Socialist, ultra-nationalist in Ukraine, embracing Zelensky, who's Jewish, and this is not a country. Does this mean they're not Nazis? Does this mean uh, Zelensky is just simply, um, you know, he's a, as Putin said, he's a, he's a bad Jew, or what was he said? He's a, he's a disgrace to Jews or something like that, right? He, he said that. Uh, they're they're allowing themselves to be used, right? Zelensky's an agent. That's what Scott Reda says. Uh, but anyway, think look at what you uh, think about what you think here uh, as we watch this video. This is bizarre to me. So Ankara and Erdogan finally released the Azov commanders back to Ukraine against the desires of Russia, and here they're coming in with their little motorcade to meet with penis piano player. Midget Zelensky, right? Here's here. There, I guess there's diversity right there for you guys. Here's a <clears throat> a, a Jewish double agent hugging his uh, his his Nazi <laughs> commander. <laughs> Man, what's going on here? Do they, did the nationals just kind of play along? It looks like they're genuinely happy to see him, right? And how can they, how can they not know that this man is being used? He's just, he's, he's an agent. He's a middleman. He's, he's just there to do a, a job, right? I think this guy here to the right is Jewish too, is he not? I forget. I think he is. You like the sappy music? So again, I'm not against uh, uh, nationalists in in Ukraine if they're truly fighting for their nation. Just clarify that. A lot of people are, you know, how can you be okay? What, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, well, they're, they're I think they're dumb. I, I, are they this dumb to be used like this? I, uh, anyway, I don't get it. it it's uh, it's it's a thing which um, doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it makes sense to them because they have information or know things that I do not know. Whatever. Uh, I, I'm sure these are these are you know great guys or whatever. I think. I mean, I don't know, um, but how do you, how you square the circle is, is is beyond me, right? But I, I thought Scott Ritter did a good expose here, of basically showing that it's like CIA and even British intelligence involved in 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 uh, schooling Zelensky and and the whole TV show he had uh, leading up to his uh, il- actual election becoming president was a huge psyop, you know, things like this. It's very obvious to me, but I guess these guys don't care about that or something, or they don't know, or they don't get it. Uh, uh, who knows? Anyway, regardless, it is it is what it is. So with that in mind, speaking about uh, <clears throat> Nazis and stuff, I'm going to play this clip real quick here. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson. Let me go back here. Uh, Tucker Carlson had <clears throat> Andrew Tate on, on the show. Uh, on his Twitter, uh, Tucker on Twitter. And Tate uh, actually says a, a fairly uh, a good thing here, speaking to the Ukraine-Russia conflict as well, uh, about how there's, you know, it, it's not just like, here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, and this is how simple it is, uh, but there's, it's more, because it's more nuanced, right? And there's 
layers to both of the sides of, of a conflict like this uh, that you can both understand, right? But anyway, so but listen to Tucker's response here to what he says and the example that he brings up right after. I found this fascinating. Check this out. Yeah, I, up until this point, never really commented too heavily on polit politics. Yes. But I understand very well, I like to believe what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. And what I will say to the people who are watching this at home is that if you are naive enough to believe that there are good guys and bad guys in wars, and it's as simple as good and bad, and that the bad guys are crazy, and the good guys want freedom, then you need to do a little bit more investigation into what's really happening. And when you look at the vested interest of any country or any person. Can I, can I just ask you to pause and just comment? That's the truest thing, what you just said. That is the, and anyone who doesn't understand that should shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I mean it. Have so he's, he's even go, he's even using the F word here, Tucker. He's cursing for what, the first time ever? I almost heard him. Well, he said, he told the ADF, ADL, ADF, the ADL to go fuck themselves. I guess that on, on, um, <laughs> was that on the uh, Fox News, ex-Fox News host show? Anyway, beyond the point. Listen to what he, listen to what he said at, right after that. That is the most true ever. Those who don't understand that can fuck off. That's what he says. There's no good guys and no bad guys in war. And I mean it. Having seen war. Anyone who's telling you that it's Churchill versus Hitler yeah. is an idiot. Complete. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. When my father was still alive. So he's using... Whoa, slow down here. He's, he's using the textbook example. Am I misunderstanding this? What, what, what's happening here? Like, he's, right after, he's told by Andrew Tate, right, there's no good, good guys and bad guys in war. <clears throat> he immediately goes to the textbook example, Tucker, of what, you know, a, a good guy, quote-unquote, and a bad guy, quote-unquote, is when it comes to, to war. The good guy here in, in, in Tucker's mind is Churchill and the bad guy is Hitler, right? So there's zero understanding of, you know, it's the, it's the same old tired for no reason whatsoever. One day, <clears throat> this crazy man uh, <clears throat> who was a, a, a painter from Austria woke up and he just said, I hate the Jews, and, and, now, and then he's going to take over the world. That's, that's how nuanced it gets. He's using that as the blueprint, like the, the textbook example to, to compare to and say, that's right, that's right, Andrew Tate. The, the Putin versus Zelensky debate about who's good and who's bad is nothing like Churchill <laughs> and Hitler. <laughs> What? <clears throat> yeah, what was it? Someone asked him about his dad too. Some of this was the funniest part about it. I didn't see that part yet. I just, I, I can't stand Andrew Tate. Um, I, I'm, you know, whatever. But am I, am I crazy? Is this? How can you not see what you just did there? The, the pinnacle example that you then should examine from that perspective that you just was schooled by, <clears throat> schooled about from Andrew Tate would be that example look into history a little bit it wasn't that simple it wasn't that simple you could kind of you can end up on you know either side once you've looked over a lot of these things or at least or at least have been exposed to what the reasoning was of the other guys of why they did what they did what happened in germany what happened during the weimar period 
Why were they so angry? Uh, why did they try to, you know, why did they pull their co country back together in such a miraculous way? What was the reasoning about the blah, 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 blah. And I just, I find it, it's just, I, maybe I'm expecting more from Tucker and, and I'm the retard for, for, for expecting anything out of him at all. I, I don't know, it's just, it's just beyond me. Uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, if, if you really were edgy then, Tucker, yeah, go look into that. doesn't mean you have to be, uh, uh, you know, immediately have to like, you know, be, oh, now I'm a national socialist or whatever, but at least have some nuance and try to understand why they did things, what happened historically. That is not that black and white, and, and it's much more complicated than that. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons on the side of Germany of why they did what they did uh, and that they were... <laughs> That they had to do something. They have a force to do it. They had to do something. And how many historical lies there is because this is the, the perpetual bad guy throughout history that you're never allowed to question. And as soon as you do that or any other motivation or anything in terms of what happened during this period and this period alone, you know, that's a third rail. You're ostracized. You're gone. That's it. You're out. You lose your bank accounts, you know. What, what's, what's that about, Tucker? Will you look into that, please? All right. Anyway. Fuck it. Let's move on here. Okay, so I wanted to I wanted to cover the Tuberville uh, uh, shit here too. Uh, this is it's just such a convoluted mess, to be honest. Um, but I want to play a couple of clips because uh, once again, this is we allowed in the media. We did this a while ago. He said something else uh, a while ago regarding, well, um, you know, a white nationalist is 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 a basically like an American who's 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 a nationalist. That's what he said. Without, of course, fully understanding what the what the term is, but regardless, he's kind of running with his own version. And then, to make it matter even worse, the entire establishment goes after him for refusing not to then come down on white nationalism, but white supremacy. And they conflate the terms; they use both terms interchangeably. A little bit here, a little bit of that. White nationalism is white supremacy. Well, why use different two terms then? But blah blah blah. So here's the the the. Um, interview that the cost of this uproar regarding how uh, uh, Tuberville from Alabama here, Senator Tommy Tuberville, uh, is a, a wasteth for saying something like this. And by the way, he's doing the interview with uh, a, uh, the, the conservative new CNN host, uh, Collins, Caitlin Collins, who, by the way, used to be on Daily Caller, uh, which that guy, Tucker Carlson, more like that guy, Tucker Carlson, uh, help to found. Here it is. Conservatives, Democrats, whoever wants to be in the, uh, the, the military to fight for this country, to protect this country. That's what it's all about. But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If, if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree that a white shouldn't. nationalist is someone who believes that white I agree with that you agree that a white nationalist is a is a racist <clears throat> but he's not but being a white nationalist is being an American <clears throat> for a while I thought it, this was I agree with that uh, for a while I thought it, he was intentionally just kind of being confusing and kind of funny and I kind of like I, I almost enjoy the, these little spur outs happen it's kind of fun to see the other side come down on him and stuff like that but is he just maybe it's just dumb i don't know <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's just what it is what are you saying here buddy not be serving in the u.s military is that what you're saying why shouldn't a white nationalist be allowed to serve in the military yeah ex you explain that caitlin collins what's wrong with that they want to purge them because they're they're white supremacists if if people think that a white nationalist is a racist 
I agree with that. If people think a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. Oh, I see. so he's saying if they think I agree with the fact that they should not be allowed to serve. Maybe this is his his, his forty chess super galaxy brain take here. <laughs> it's just, my God, this is why we can't have. But we can't have nice things. Can't even get the the terms straight, right? If if this person who is in the military, who's a white nationalist, but I think he's just that's just an American nationalist. He's just American patriot, basically. But if he's a racist. And he calls himself a white nationalist. Then I'm against him being in the military. That's the that's the galaxy brain take here. I agree. They a white nationalist be. is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, <laughs> that, that's some people's opinion, uh, and I don't think. That's I mean, a lot. No, and that's true though. So then, then he salvages himself right away. It's true. That's that's you conflated the term. Use the ter- Caitlin, <clears throat> Caitlin. Use the term <clears throat> white supremacist then or something. I mean, I know that they never, ever, anyway, fairly actually, you know, attribute these terms. So this is like it's having a this is a retarded discussion in a way to have with with people like this because they'll never be um, honest with you. They will always uh, uh, lie, exaggerate, create strawmans, uh, use fallacy argument, all kinds of things, just just to get their way essentially. But what? Wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean supremacist? Uh, they, they listen to that again. It's so dumb mainstream television it's incredible well that, that's some people's i agree with that i agree they a white nationalist be. is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races well that, that's <laughs> some people's opinion uh and i don't think that's i mean a lot because because you know you know that they would call somebody who just thinks that races are different is a white supremacist if they're white not if they're black or asian or anything like that but these same people would call you a white supremacist if you think that there are differences between races they don't call you a race realist or anything <laughs> they don't they don't have, they have no charity for you if you think there are differences and especially if you think that white people have done things that also are good and they've contributed uh, as well <laughs> pardon what's your opinion my opinion of a white nationalist if somebody wants to call him white nationalist to me is an american it's an american now if that White nationalist is a racist. I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. But I want somebody <laughs> that's in our military, that's strong, that believes in this country, that's an American, that will fight along. It's it's interesting that he go. Well, well, why do you... So he's what he's bickering about is the definition ratio here, right? Or, or like, well, a, a white nationalist is just is an American. Well, well I mean... and. Sure, that's fine. I mean, if you if you consider you know founding fathers and who the country was created for and all those kind of things, like yeah, okay. That, I guess in his based weird way, then he considers those who are not uh, white of European descent uh, are not really Americans, right? That's what he's saying, and th- and that's one of the things that that the uh, uh, his detractors here picked up on as well. Oh my God, what is he saying? He's a racist. Anybody, <laughs> whether it's a man or woman, black or white, red, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and and so I'm a totally against identity. But why, but why would if they're Americans then? Because he doesn't care about race, and it doesn't matter as long as they're fighting, uh, you know, for America. They they're an American, but but sometimes he calls them white nationalists. The politics. What, what what? I think it's ruining this country, and I think the Democrats ought to be ashamed for how they're doing this. Ah, there we go. The, the, the Democrats are the, We get when we get back to that. <clears throat> the Democrats 
are the real racists because they're the ones pushing identity politics. But uh, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I, I think white nationalists are just Americans. <laughs> it's, as I said, for a while I thought it was like, I kind of like that he's getting in their faces a little bit and he, and he stirs the pot. But then like, what, what is, what in the world goes on in this man's brain? I, st I still say though, I still kind of enjoy as I said in the opening, that this is dragged out a little bit because then, then there is a, a there. I think a little bit more is an opportunity. Look, there's an opportunity for a lot of confusion as well. But if, at least for those who are honestly like, yeah, what what is that or whatever, um, to to potentially find out or they, uh, I mean, it's hopelessly searching on the internet. But hopefully they can come across somebody who's actually you know telling them or talking about it or they see a video on Twitter or YouTube or something like that, uh, you know, a Rumble. Um, to kind of well, set the record straight a little bit or, or, or sort out the terms and not have this, you know, hysterical, you know, panties in a wad type approach to these topics, whatever it is to anybody. Uh, so I'm glad that he kind of brings that up a little bit because it's it 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 it, it brings that out a little bit again. So so for that reason, I was like, OK, it, it's fine. I'm glad he's doing it. But man, is he confused about what he's going on about here? Biden this country and it's making this country weaker every day. But that, that's not identity politics. You said a white nationalist is an American. It is identity politics. You said a white nationalist is an American, but a white nationalist is someone who, who believes horrific things. You don't, do you really think that's someone? <laughs> there we go. Now, now do the other racists, Collins. Who should be serving in the military? Well, that's just a name that has been given. I mean, it's not. Let's, it's listen. a real. It's a real definition. There's real concerns. So if about you're going to do away with most, well, there is, yeah, there is a real definition, and it's uh, you know uh, Frank De Silva, I believe, right, who actually came up with the uh, the actual uh, term for it, right? We had uh, he was on the show many years ago. Maybe, maybe, in fact, maybe I should invite him back to talk about this specifically. I believe that that's what he said anyway. He was he was the one who uh, coined uh, that term, I believe. Uh, but if you if you're going to on Google or whatever, like some mainstream normie uh, dictionary or something, no, you're not going to get the the actual term of, of who invented that term, what they said. They'll conflate it just like she does. And of course, again, I says that everybody around him did the exact same thing. And, and in some cases, I almost think that is intentional, right? To just just muddy the waters to such a degree that it's just impossible to to unravel it's like a gordian knot It's impossible to unravel it and what and separate this from that and uh and well what's the differences why do you use two different terms uh it, it sometimes it's racist and then it's neo-nazi and then it's white nationalist and then it's white supremacy what do you mean by these terms if you're using different terms but attributing attributing the same um definitions and properties to those different terms that's dumb. Let's retard it. Let's continue here. White people in this country out of the military, we got huge problems. It's not, we it's got not, huge problems. It's not people who are white, it's white nationalists. That have a few probably you see different the beliefs. Right? That have that have different beliefs. Now, if racism is one of those beliefs, I'm totally against it. I am totally against racism. But, but that there's is, a lot that of people white, that believe in different things. Is racist, Senator. Well, that, that's your opinion. That's it, your opinion. But if it's racism, opinion. if it's racism, I'm totally against it. See, I like. I still like that he's, that, well, that's your opinion. You're attributing this to the term. I'm I totally like against it. I am totally against racism. But, but that there's is, a lot that of people white, that believe in different things. is racist, Senator. Well, that, that's your opinion. That's it, your opinion. But if it's racism. It, yes, it is your opinion. If it's racism, I'm totally against it. <clears throat> Now, can we can there be such a thing as an as an actual discussion about this? No, <laughs> not in the not in the current state. It can't. There cannot be 
And I think they're making sure of that too, <clears throat> by just like attacking this guy ferociously for giving a very strange, convoluted, weird thing, right? He's thinking, well, just if you're, if you're a nationalist and if you're white, you're a white nationalist, <clears throat> which of course it's, it's more complicated than that. But at the same time, I mean, this is the, the, the white nationalist term is, you know, uniquely from kind of like the, you know, the American experience, right? I mean, many people in, although they're making that, you know, comparison now and they're connecting everything and it's all becoming the same because the propaganda is so strong and it, it, propaganda is the same all over the West now. Uh, but I mean, you, you traditionally, somebody in England uh, or Germany didn't call themselves a white nationalist. They just called themselves a, a German nationalist or whatever. So in other words, they're a nationalist that are German, right? <laughs> or, or English or French or Swedish or da Danish, whatever it is, right? Uh, but out of the American context, you have to kind of have a new term where you don't have as, as long as of a historical anchoring to the country. Although you have the founding and the fact that they just wanted good, white men of good character, you can you know drag all these things out of the historical record and uh, the Naturalization Act and these things and point to that and say, well, look, it was kind of founded by you know by white people, and when they say out of many one, they meant all the people that came from Europe to America. But whatever, that is what it is now. Um, but so the follow-up to this was then he was asked again by a um, uh, by a reporter about this because this became a shit show. Oh my God, he's saying that Americans are white nationalists. Uh, he's toying with these things. This is unacceptable. He has to bow down, uh, bend over, and take take the dildo. And although he kind of tried to stand his ground a little bit against this uh, uh, shitlib CNN host here, formerly with the Daily Caller, Tucker Carlson's Daily Caller. Uh, he he bowed down, uh, you could say. Listen to this here. Explain why you continue to insist that white nationalists are American. Listen, I'm totally against racism. And if the Democrats want to say that white nationalists are racist, I'm totally against that too. But that's okay. not a democratic definition. The definition of a white nationalist well, is someone... Well, that's your definition. My definition is, is racism definition. bad. The next question. The next question. <laughs> My definition is racism bad. Definition. My definition it is, is racism bad. The definition is that the white race is superior to racism all other races. So do you believe that white nationalists are racist? Yes, if that's what a race Yes, thank you. What? I don't know. I'm very confused. If yes, if you say that it is, then it is so. <laughs> Wait a minute. Things have its real meaning, does it not? Think that the white racism race is superior is to all other races. Totally out of the question. So, do you Next believe question. that white nationalists are racist? Yes. If that's what a racist is, yes. Thank you. If that's what a racist is, then yes. <sighs> all right. Anyway. I don't know why am I covering this because because <laughs> it's hilarious. That's what it is. It's so retarded and childish. And as soon as I, I kind of see what he's you know kind of trying to go for a little bit, you know, what I mean, I, I can I, I understand it a little bit, but he's just so misinformed and stuff. <clears throat> and in fact, a guy like this with the platform that has been given here have a real chance to to turn the tables on these people. Just, just talk about just a few examples of how um, how unfairly skewed it is right now. If you're a white person, you can openly discriminate against them. You can only you can go after them. You can target them. Even talk about the fact that yeah, what well, what you don't come down on any other races for for being nationalists for come for for putting themselves first. Right, every other group do this essentially. 
It's, it's by default weaved into them. Go to any country, and in some cases, even when they come to our countries, they still hold those opinions that, we, uh, you know, my people are the best, we're, we're number one, uh, I support that from, I mean, look, just look at some of the things we played in terms of um, the Moroccans and, and Algerians in France and how much they hate France while they're in France and putting their own nation first. They're, in other words, a French uh, citizen who's, a, you know, an Algerian nationalist or a Moroccan nationalist. <clears throat> and you have plenty of examples like that in the U.S. as well. But none of these people are coming down on them for that. None of them, in other words, <clears throat> from their moral perspective, at least if we're to be consistent, consistent, doesn't have anything against somebody being proud of who they are, wanting to preserve who they are, wanting to continue who they are, wanting their kids to look like them, want to ensure that uh, their people come first. Um, they, they're not against that against any other people or race. They don't race that. It's not an issue. No one cares about that. It's just white people or people of European descent that are filtered into the, its own separate category where we are treated differently because we're white. And then we all of a sudden are not allowed, according to these people, to have what everyone else has. We can't have only white groups or student unions or sport clubs or whatever it is. Or we can't have anything that's white only, anything, whatever it is. We can't have it. We can't even have countries. We can't even have neighborhoods now that are, are for white people, all white people. Right? All of that is considered to be immoral, and, and, and that's white supremacy. You see, just preserving yourself is white supremacy. You just wanting to stand up for your own people, that's white supremacy. That's reprehensible and despicable, and you can't have that. If you're a nationalist and you're a white person, you cannot uh, have any of those things. Uh, so, of course, immediately Chuck Schumer came out, but also um, Mitch McConnell, the, the turtle cuck, came out <clears throat> out of his shell and was asked about this. And again, same thing here, a retarded uh, uh, way of running the discourse and rhetoric. And I think in some cases, it's absolutely intentional conflating the terms immediately, right? He's asked about white nationalism. What, he does, what does he do? He's bringing up white supremacy. Listen to this. Do you have any concerns that you have a member of your conference, Senator Tupperville, who seems to have a hard time denouncing white nationalism, especially as it pertains to white nationalism in the military? Yeah, white supremacy is simply unacceptable in the military and in our whole country. That's what he says. <laughs> That's what he says, right? It's unacceptable. White supremacy. <clears throat> yeah, but he asked you about white nationalism. Why, why, why do they use to? Why do you use a different term, right? And you will never get a straight answer on this. Furthermore, to make things even worse is, of course, that people like this goddamn turtle, turtle, turtlesburg here, Cuck McConnell is, of course, that they are hardcore ultra-nationalists for Israel. Hardcore Zionists, hardcore pro-Israeli first type of politicians, and so many others are that, uh, that levied these accusations against uh, Tuberville for these claims. One of them is, of course, Chuck Schumer. Have you seen this guy? He said on Twitter, GP Senator Tuberville <clears throat> has been on a one-man mission to defend white nationalism and even suggest that white nationalism is American. To speculate about what white nationalism means as if it's some fun little thought experiment is deeply disturbing. That's right, you should not be allowed. This is not what he's doing, so it's misrepresented already there. But 
you are not allowed to speculate about what white nationalism means. You're not, you're not even allowed, according to Chuck Schumer, to have the intellectual debate over, well, what does it actually mean, this uh, term? Because, of course, once you go down that path, you uh, you realize that, oh, it's, oh look at that, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Who, who knew? That's crazy. I, I, I didn't know that. Maybe, maybe it is okay for, for white people uh, as well <clears throat> to be nationalist. They can be white nationalists. Why, why don't you come down on, on black nationalists or Asian nationalists or Jewish nationalists, etc. Right? That, that, that's, the, that's the thought experiments that need to occur around terms like this every time it's raised. Well, why is it just wrong for white people? Uh, and why is it okay when everyone else does it? And so speaking of that, Chuck Schumer... Uh, hardcore Israel first, and in fact, he said that on many occasions. Here's just one of the clips that we pulled out from a way, from a, a, a while back, uh, when he this was when he was uh, essentially grooming Barack Obama and and tutoring him to become the president, and the, and he's, he's bragging here about him. It was him and the Jewish community that basically uh, Obama was their greatest friend, and and uh, because that's him, that's the most important to Chuck Schumer. The most important thing to Chuck Schumer at the end of the day is Israel. Listen to this. Let's talk a little bit about Israel. Because I know that that is something we all care about. Shomer Yisrael. It's one of the most important things I do. It's one of the most important things I do. To watch to be the guardian of Israel. Listen to this. To watch be the guardian of Israel. First and foremost, Barack Obama has been a supporter and a believer in Israel from before he was in the Senate. You can look it up and see the record. And you know who got him started in politics? Not in the presidential. That's everyone, as I said, says the right thing. But before that, it was the two leading Jewish families of, of, of Chicago. All right. Anyway, there's a little uh, interlude we did there. But yeah, look at that. And he has the audacity to complain on him for raising or wanting to have a discussion around white nationalism. or what it, even, even how wrong and convoluted and bizarre and, and strange it is. No, you see, that's a problem. And of course, what has what has Chuck Schumer said recently as well? Uh, as he's objecting to, you know, oh, the, he's talking about the replacement theory. This is about Tucker. I mean, he, uh, you could argue Chuck Schumer and Jonathan Greenblatt with the ADL got their wish. Tucker was fired, but here, here's him calling for Tucker uh, to get fired because he's talking about the replacement theory, which of course is one of the one of the things that concerns white nationalists. Perhaps no network has had more impact in propagating and normalizing the rhetoric of replacement theory than Fox News. To follow up from my remarks yesterday, this morning, to follow up from my remarks yesterday, this morning, I sent a letter to Rupert Murdoch, to Fox News executives, and to Tucker Carlson, imploring the network and Mr. Carlson to cease their amplification of replacement theory on their network. And here's another one uh, he did shortly after. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on 
our democracy. Then what, is it, what does he do? Chuck Schumer, of course, uh, happily is talking about the fact <clears throat> that, uh, oh, Americans aren't reproducing, you see, so we need all these immigrants. In other words, he brings up the replacement, not theory, but the reality of the re ongoing replacement. Look, check this out. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. <laughs> so it's fine when they do it. It's fine when he recognizes, right, that, the, well, we need more, but we need to replace these people. We're, they're not reproducing. Let's bring in new people. Well, that's replacement theory right there, Chuck. But no, you should not be allowed to discuss these issues. Uh, we should shut down the people that are uh, dragging this up to the surface and talking about this from their perspective, you see. So the whole Tuberville Circus have just been a uh, shit show. And it's it's just, it shows you how intellectually devoid it is uh, of, of any uh, sensibility or devoid of, of, of intellectual discourse around these kinds of topics, uh, that you can't have them without people getting completely hysterical screaming at the rooftops, uh, which is, from their point of view, kind of understandable. They don't want us to, uh, to, to, to have, well, both real definitions, but understand what these things are, uh, and, and also realize, well, that, that's a, that doesn't sound that bad, you know, kind of thing, because why? Well, it's, it's okay for other races. Here's, here's one uh, uh, post here. Rise of the West, right? Here's uh, Frank De Silva. Uh, yeah, he was on uh, 314. This is a, a oof, long, long time ago now. I'm going to invite him back. It could be good, right? Um, he wrote a book on this. I think even one of the books, the titles, um, yeah, Ri Foundations Rise of the West. What was the full title? Oh, shit. I lost it here now. But I thought it was in this link. Anyway, there was a book and it was titled like White Nationalism. Uh, yeah, okay. It's the actual title of the blog too, but I think there's a book with this title, right? The Foundations of the 21st Century, um, The Philosophy of White Nationalism. And he wrote here, too, on one of these articles about Rise of the West, white nationalism is not, strictly speaking, based on the construct of race, but on everything that is race. This includes the most obvious, that the positive influences that a specific race culture brings to bear. This includes art, metaphysics, architecture, science, and most important to any people, its sense of culture. It's understanding of what truly it means to be noble. If one does not know how to be noble, how then can one better understand his friends and his enemies? Uh, and then it goes on in his book, Rise of the West. Frank Silva presents a very compelling all-over case for the spiritual value of race as well as the necessary responsibilities that a race culture owes itself as well as others. Of course, it's the equation with, um, uh, with, uh, with the fact that culture springs out of, of, of race or connected to race, right? Says at the end here, what a people for that is exactly what, uh, what a people for that is exactly what race is, owes itself, is to remain true to its legacy, that its nobility in and of itself, it's, uh, it is tradition and then again more, for legacy implies obligation and a sense of duty to that people before it can be shared with others. Um, so that's from the rise of nobility, rise of the West. All right. Good stuff. I think we'll end right there.
with the Tuberville Circus because uh, it, it is embarrassing uh, that it's in such a state uh, and that nothing uh, decent can be uh, can be ever be discussed and, and nothing honest can ever be discussed uh, about these kinds of things, right? That's what's so aggravating about this too. You 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 wish that it was like, well, people could just slow down a little bit, uh, actually figure out what people mean when they talk uh, <laughs> about these things. Uh, but we're not in that environment. We're not. Gonna, we're, you're you're going to see hysteria just turn up the volume even more as we continue it's going to be it's going to be less objectivity it's going to be less rationality it's going to be less um non-emotional engagement with these kinds of things it's going to be pure shrieking hysteria essentially unfortunately and again that's why we just have to fucking walk away sometimes all right guys i'm going to start wrapping up right there thank you for uh, bearing with me today appreciate you uh listening because the voice is a bit uh, weak today as well but it should be better here uh, soon uh, Spy Hunter of on Odyssey said, uh, Zelensky perverts the Swazi. Uh, yeah, that, that is Svantovit. Uh, we did that one. Uh, Pig and Bear. I think that's just a, a um, uh, support what you like. I think we did the one. Yeah, this is the GIF, I think, on Odyssey. Uh, all right. I think we're caught up. Let me double check. Garen says, uh, Red Eyes TV, thank you for your great work and for explaining the inexplic- uh, explicable with Senator Tubbleville. Well, I tried to. Even even that is hard. Uh, should do a short, concise, boiled down video just on that, and just like boom, here it is. Should be, it should be ready to go when stuff like this surfaces because it's bound to resurface, right? That's what, and that's why I do kind of appreciate that he's raising these things because that gives that little window of opportunity on on a Twitter, you know, uh, video sharing site like Twitter now is. Uh, you can get that out there and and hopefully get some views on it and set the record straight. All right. Anyway, I think we're caught up here. Thank you guys for joining us today. Um, thank you so much to our executive producers. As usual, let's take this here. <clears throat> we got T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Shocky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, Noan Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dilbob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze. We also have JP. Thank you guys. Our producers, thank you to you as well. Mr. Walker696, Yuan Son, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Single Action Army, and George Porge. Thank you guys. We appreciate all of you. If you want to get one of those tiers, uh, producer or executive producer, you can get that at RedEyesMembers.com. You can get it at Odyssey or Subscribestar. It will help us to continue to grow as well. So thank you so much for your support uh, and for being there for us so we can be there for you and continue covering a lot of the madness, but also as we begin to organize pushback against all of this. Highly important to have people that can speak for us and get our uh, story out as well in these times and help to awaken other people. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for being there for us. If you do want a membership, that's one of the best ways of supporting us. Uh, you can get that at redhousemembers.com. You can get it at Subscribestar and Odyssey as well. Uh, so check that out if you're new. But yeah, guys, we'll be back with more here soon. We're booking in. Uh, <clears throat> I'm getting Raw Egg Nationalist on next uh, Thursday, I believe we, we decided on. I want to get Paul Kersey on. I want to invite Jared Taylor back on the show. I want to get Stephen McNallan on as well. He has a new book out called The Spear, just published. 
Want to try to get him booked in as well. So we have a couple of good shows lined up. Carl Hemmers, i got to finalize with him as well. I've been talking with him. Uh, there's some other people as well out there. So more interviews is coming as well. I know some of you guys really enjoy that. So that's uh, that's some of the stuff that's in the pipelines. will be coming here soon. Uh, but uh, as, uh, as usual, we'll be back with Flashback Friday next. We're working a couple of short videos as well. Uh, but we'll see you guys on Friday. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's uh, midnight Central European time. We'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for your support, everybody. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.